0: welcome and hello this is a thriving intuitive podcast formerly known as unlock your destiny i am your host raven scott a certified meditation teacher author and destiny coach we are back for part two with Marsha. i'm so excited to ask her this question of when did she start talking with the angels
1: you know, I would love to tell you that I had this huge aha moment and I was actually waiting for that and kind of disappointed that it just kind of evolved. So I was like, gosh, <laughs> angels, you know, I wanted you like to appear in my room and sounds and lights and, a, you know, whole theatrical performance. But, you know, I remember from a child, just always want to interacting in the woods that I was always talking with something, you know, Mm -hmm. having little conversations and making little acorn teak sets and, you know, making little houses. And I don't know that I understood that there was any presence with me at that time, but it was always just very reassuring to be in the woods and have this time at the high school stage. And this is the time when Uri Geller was bending spoons, supposedly with his mind, and Kreskin had a magic kit, and he was telling us all about ESP, and which is extrasensory perception. Mm-hmm. So more than anything in the world, I wanted to develop ESP. So I would get <laughs> spoons out of the drawer and just look at them. And I got the Kreskin kit. I would practice and practice. Nothing. <laughs> and then Linda Goodman wrote her uh, love signs book. You know who you're compatible with. Okay, that I was completely immersed in this whole fantasy world of energy that I believe to be make believe. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was sort of high school, then college. Okay. Nobody was talking about that. So I, I didn't want to be that weird. So I put that away again. Then my master's program took a break between college and master's and taught school. Nobody was talking about it there. Then my master's program, they were offering, and this is a straight-laced Boston college. They were offering, uh, this off the wall class, I forget what the name of it was, but it was basically exploring the energetic realm. Mm. And so that opened me back up again. And I found, then I started taking Jose Silva classes. These were mind control classes and connected with this group. And we thought we were the cat's meow. I mean, you know, people were sleeping under pyramids, they, they had pyramidic structures in their bedrooms and we were doing these meditations and we had healing. Is this the same Jose Silva that has a Silva
0: method? Probably. I, I just was talking to a friend who we were co, co-swapped podcast, uh, Thriving Intuitives. It was Jessica Silverman and she was she, she's in the middle of reading this Silva mind
1: control book. Oh, that's hilarious. How
0: crazy that you
1: bring that up when I was just talking to her about her book. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea. I don't even remember what he taught us then, but I mean, we (laughs) thought it was, but again, it was sort of the land of play Mm -hmm. because my master's program finished and I was like, oh, okay, now I have to go get a real job. You know, so (laughs) let's just put this away again. (laughs) You know, so I put it away again. But during that time, I realized that I could... Do what I called writings, where I would just sit down and think about an individual or a question, and I would start getting this information. I would just write it out pages and pages and pages, but nobody took it seriously, including me. You know, it was just amazingly accurate information that would just appear out of nowhere. And so I put it away again, and then began my descent into hell. (laughs) 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 So it wasn't until I was in my mid 40s that I luckily someone introduced me to EFT. Hmm. And again, that started me, you know, stop and start a little jerking along. And I started doing some EFT and doing other programs and just kind of getting back into this mindset again, but still really frustrated because nothing was changing. Mm -hmm. So it was, I would get a little bit and then slide back or get a little further and then slide back. I couldn't seem to keep any, a consistent hold of anything and life was just getting worse and worse and worse
0: and worse. And w- describe to us, not super briefly,
1: is this hell like what happened? I was reading a, uh, I'm an avid reader anyway. Mm. So I would just go to the library and check out every book on spirituality. Mm. And one of the books was a book by Abraham Hicks. Now, this was still, I was still heavy in my blame phase of mm. If everybody else hadn't been mean to me, I wouldn't be in this place. So uh, the first paragraph, you are where you are because of the thoughts that you are thinking. Mm. Okay. (laughs) The book probably caught on fire with my rage about (laughs) how dare she ever suggest that I could have put myself in this position of... You know, no resources, terrible car, hate my job, blah, 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 you know, on and on and on. So I think I put that away for maybe another six months. I was just like, oh, this one needs to go back. <laughs> 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 this one's <laughs> bunk. Oh, You're right <laughs> What does she know? Oh, my God. Yeah. So, and things just collapsed. You know, it was like, okay, I had no more. I had no more go. I I had reached the point of disgust with my life. And I finally just said, okay, I'm done. I don't care. Whatever it takes, I'm going to be dedicated to this.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Picked up all those books again, started the idea of, "Hmm, okay, maybe I need to look under the hood of this, I'm responsible for where I am. And it took probably another five years before I was willing to see, okay, maybe I did get myself here, but that means that's bad. But the good side is now I can get myself out. So then I began turning the corner and beginning to really apply some of these things that I was learning. And that's when I really got frustrated because I felt like nothing I was learning was taking me far enough, fast enough. Hmm. And that's when I finally put my little stubborn self in a place where I could receive. Mm-hmm. And they started teaching me heart healing. Hmm. But it was, <laughs> yeah, it was Isn't that the case? It
0: always seems to be the case. Like the very beginning, almost like your awakening is all of the information and the books and the blogs or whatever, however you consume, even podcasts. And then you really don't level up until you physically experience through meditation, prayer, just time spent in nature, the other realms guidance you know, why whether, whether it be your spirit guides, a healed ancestor, you know, you experienced angels. It's, it's true. It's, that's that's kind of the progress of the journey.
1: <laughs> and what's lovely now is what took me 40 years. I can help others achieve quickly because now I understand, and I don't need to, you don't need to go around the block 15 times and then get a flat tire before you just say, okay, you got stuff here. You got a lot, lot of stuff. <laughs> we <laughs> all have a lot of stuff. <laughs> and this approach is so gentle. I think that's what I love about it most. Mm-hmm. Because I was not in my best place when I was finally willing to receive it. I was in my worst place yeah, be- because nothing had really helped me progress so it was gentle gentle loving guidance Mm -hmm. that moved me forward Mm -hmm. and none of the harsh criticism that I was applying to myself did anything but move me further away
0: and that's also a really true to key to knowing that you are hearing light
1: versus the dark oh my gosh yes yeah yes if you claim that you are an angel channel or whatever term you want to use and then you start spouting hate prejudice fear judgment that person is misguided please don't listen to them follow them or do anything they say they may mean well Mm -hmm. but they are not in alignment with a source that is reputable And all the sources that are reputable are one with God. These other fringe elements are just creations of the ego and our own delusion. (laughs) This thing we call reality, which is more of us just creating crazy. They're not in that. And once you... Commit to saying, okay, I'm only going to work with these energetic forces that are pure and are aligned with God. All of that noise generally goes away anyway, because it doesn't have any power. You have to give it power. And if you're not giving it uh, its power, it, it can't continue to generate anything. Yes, that's
0: true. Yes, that's the case. Absolutely. Don't give that negative energy or person i mean this is like you know negative people one-on-one anything any negative energy in person not giving it any type of power attention energy then it just dissipates because it needs that energy to thrive yeah i wanted to ask you do you have any personal experiences or stories that you could share with us about interactions with any particular angels oh my
1: gosh so many (laughs) 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 When you, you know, they're always with us, and that is no exception. There is not one person on this planet that, that is not currently experiencing angelic intervention if they need that help, but they may not recognize it. Mm. Now, one of the things that we need to remember is the angels don't force themselves upon anyone. So they will do as much as they can without interfering in any way to make your life easier Mm -hmm. but if you actually want their help you have to ask them so that was something that I teach everyone early on is make sure that you ask the angels for help give them permission to come and help you I call it setting an angel alarm and you know what's so funny is in the beginning Many years ago, it would be sort of like this gentle tap on my shoulder, like, Marsha, are you sure you want to do that? And I would be like, oh, yeah, hmm, OK, well, now they're like, girl, are you kidding? <laughs> really? Because
0: <laughs> you got it Wait. open so they can just yell at you. Right. They're like, <laughs> after all these years, you would... <laughs>
1: and and there's one time I I was having coffee with a friend and in the middle of my sentence, I was like, oh, I got to check my parking meter. I'm like, oh gosh, you know what? I didn't know where the place was and I'm parked all the way down there. I said, angels, can you just do it for me? You know, I don't feel like going down there and I, I could feel this. Mm -mm -mm. I was like, like, darn it, I'm just going to ignore it. I, I just don't feel like getting up. So I just said, well, you know, angels just make my car invisible. But it was the perfect example of they are not going to prevent you from receiving information that you need. So I ended up getting a parking ticket because I wouldn't get up out of my chair. (laughs) And i like, sorry,
0: we can't do it for you, but we're
1: telling you. (laughs) And they were, I was like, really? You couldn't just make me invisible? They said, we've got to constantly help you remember that when we plant something in your mind, this with this much urgency that you must do it because it is for your highest good mm-hmm. so there's really little consequence with a parking ticket except it hurts your wallet Yeah, but it certainly will make has made me and will continue to make me that much more alert for if I'm in the middle of a sentence or somebody else is saying something I, I'm like whoa I gotta go put money in the meter I'm not going to just say oh but finish your sentence I'm going to say come on walk with me because they are not kidding and I yes it was a parking meter and it's just a pain in the butt and uh annoying that I have to pay the ticket but it is the perfect example of how yeah if this were really a situation where I was needed so that I could help someone, or we needed to move because something was happening, perhaps a car was out of control, we were sitting on the sidewalk, you know, it, we must, if we are going to open ourselves to receive the help, then we, we must work in partnership with that help. So when they give you an alert, You don't need to sit around saying, gosh, I wonder, go check it out. Do whatever it is. They are never going to lead you into the dark. They are never going to tell you, jump up and run in a circle 10 times. That's not going to, that's not (laughs) serving you. Right. They they don't give you stupid things to do just to see if you'll be obedient. Mm -hmm. They want to help make your life easier.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So they intervene or attempt to intervene anytime they can make our lives easier. And so I think it's a a process, too, of respect. We got to respect the information that we're receiving or it's just we're closing the channel. It's going to dry up. So, you know, you can sit there and keep drinking your kombucha or you can get up off your butt and go go pay go, go check pay. that message
0: and see it's not going to hurt anything other than maybe your feet because you felt like oh dude I went so far but like you said just bring your friends which is kind of a really cool opportunity to share with them also like the power of of the messages well especially
1: because when I pulled up to that parking meter they were like you can go closer and I was like yeah but you know what I'm just gonna go here. It's easy, so I get out. Of course, what happens? I can't read it. The the thing has become oh yeah faded. So I'm like, I hope it's two hours. Well, it was a one hour, and mm. if I had just listened to them from the beginning, yeah, and gone where they wanted me to go, mm-hmm. I would have been in a two hour. But and, or at least able to read the meter to find out how much time I did. Have. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. it's it's dominoes. You it don't is. listen to the first nudge and you don't mm-hmm. listen to the second one. Hey, um, be grateful your consequence was small. Yeah. And that's the other thing we need to remember. It's not God that is punishing us. It mm-hmm. is our choice that has a consequence already assigned to it. Mm. So it was my choice not to go back and first to park at that in that spot. Yeah. Second, not to go back and check. <laughs> it wasn't that God got angry with mm. me for not listening and gave me a parking ticket. It was mm. my choice to do this thing that I wanted to do. And I received the natural consequence which I knew in advance if nobody yeah suddenly surprised me that this was going to happen right
0: I do and, like how you're kind of reframing the image of God because and type down below in the comments thriving intuitive if if also there's a little bit of triggering and I don't know why this keeps coming up but I just have to share this because like you say, listening to the intuitive and and angels throughout this whole conversation, every time you say the word God, I'm like, correct. I'm like, divine source, divine source. Because for me in my growing up, God was very judgmental and authoritarian. And it still triggers me today to, to hear that word because it's scary to me. And I love that you're reframing that. It's like, God is loving. And even if you don't feel it in your body because of so much history and past history, you can reframe it to divine source. But yeah, just reframing that the consequences are not a punishment from God. God does not punish. It's are we listening to those messages and ignoring them?
1: And they're just natural consequences. That's beautiful. Well, and I think I'm so glad you brought that up because it's been a long journey back to God. Mm -hmm. I had to first go to source because I hated God. Mm -hmm. God God was mad at me. God was mean, Mm -hmm. angry, hated me, and was always looking for ways to punish me for my stupidity. So I didn't begin a love affair with God. I tiptoed into a relationship with source, Mm -hmm. but that seemed so... 10 years into it it suddenly seemed so impersonal Uh that I then went and still am in the place where I embrace mother father god because Mm -hmm. that is who is in my
0: heart but you've also evolved him right we're growing up with that man god right mother father
1: god yeah it's the duality it's the totality Mm -hmm. and that is one of the things we do in heart healing is we take the aspect of yourself what of whatever it is whatever age it is even in the womb that got hurt and you know we don't have perfect parents they were taught
0: something too they felt like they evolved their idea of god because when they were children their idea of god was even more harsh Oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, yes. I, I don't blame them at all. It's just, it was the culture. It was the
1: environment. No, and it, it is it is what it was. There are no perfect parents, no matter how hard we try. Yeah. So what we do have is perfect parenting in the mother, father, God model. Mm-hmm. So we take whatever aspect of yourself received the hurt. Mm -hmm. And we place that on mother, father, God's lap Mm -hmm. so that you can re-experience that parenting situation Mm -hmm. while you're over here clearing out the debris. The aspect of yourself that was hurt is re-experiencing that parenting situation from the standpoint of perfection, which we're never going to achieve while we're in human bodies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I look back on on some of my parenting disasters, (laughs) and I'm like, golly day, what was I thinking? And I don't know that I was thinking, you know, Mm -hmm. I was Mm -hmm. probably just reacting. Yep, out of subconscious. Yeah
0: my children have all received yeah. apologies for that. <laughs> that's all that matters right uh,
1: I was oh. like oh golly day I got I really owe you an apology <laughs> I thought it was great but looking back oh, I know. can see there was a few little errors here yeah. that happened
0: along the way oh, this conversation is just so beautiful okay I have one quick more question before we do your, your rapid fires okay well, um, I gotta say one yes, thing say one thing
1: for all of you who are still parenting children in the home, don't have grown children. Yeah. My daughter gave me the greatest gift and I want to share it with all parents. Mm-hmm. Because I said to her, it "Makes me cry." I said to her, "I am so sorry for all of those things that you had to experience as a child." Mm-hmm. And I thought I was holding it together so well. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know what, mom, it's no big deal. We knew we were loved and that's all that mattered. Hmm. If you don't have money, if you don't have material things that you can offer your child, you can offer every child your time, your attention, and your love. And that will make up for all of the other things that may be material in nature that you don't feel that you are able to provide. So please, if you are a parent and your children are still in the home or you are a parent and your children are grown, please tell them you love them and Mm you're proud of them and you believe in them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, it's never too late because I feel sometimes I've, I've felt in the past some resentment from my parents moving away. And I'm a grown adult, right? I have children of my own, but I still want that attention and I still want the phone calls and
1: check-ins, you know? We are a social people. Yeah. You know, we're social beings. We don't yeah. do well isolated from each other. Mm-hmm. So the most important thing you can give your child, whether it's a grown child or a newborn, yes, is love. Beautiful. Un- and it's got to be unconditional love. Please leave your judgment at the door. Yeah. And I don't care if your child decides to change genders or right. to be in a same sex relationship. And that's not what you thought was right. Leave your judgment at the door. Just love your child.
0: I could not agree more. That's absolutely so beautiful. We are coming to a close. I think that's a beautiful place to stop. In our rapid fire questions here, are you ready for them?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. (laughs) We're going to get to know Marsha. What is your favorite food?
1: Oh my gosh. Probably asparagus. I'm Mm -hmm. on an asparagus bender for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) You're needing those vitamins in there. I don't know. I'm like, I just am craving asparagus. Any way or specific way? Anyway, I even eat it raw when I'm getting ready to cook it. I even eat it raw. Oh, wow. I I really, it's quite crazy at the moment. I don't know what's going on.
0: What is your favorite music? Oh,
1: that's a good question. I think anything that touches the heart. I don't have a particular genre, I just want it to be uplifting and. Move me in some way. Share some emotion with me. So that's a very Taurus answer.
0: What is the book on your nightstand? You had mentioned the book earlier. Is that on oh,
1: I've got like 20. <laughs> I just read. I'm just doing the research for or um, completing the, just did the research completing my dissertation for conscious centered living. Mm -hmm. So I think the author that impacted me the most Mm -hmm. that I've quoted the most from is Emily Cady, H. Emily Cady. Now she is not new. She wrote in the late 1800s, but she has such strength and such faith that you cannot read her works. Uh, one of the books is, because it combines all of them, is the best works of H. Emily Cady. And that's three books in one. Okay. So that particular book, she just shows you how you should be relying on God for everything. And if you are not receiving, then it's not the, the supply Is broken it's that you have broken the supply chain you have stepped out of this flow of abundance and reading her work and recognizing her commitment and the strength of her commitment i was able to find places where i was not walking the walk Mm -hmm. i was talking about it (laughs) but i wasn't walking the walk so i really kind of shored up my i was like wait a minute hold on no wow, I can't get over in this place of doubt or fear. I'm supposed to be here, flowing Mm -hmm. with this and believing that this abundance is here for me now, Mm -hmm. as I need it. Now, that's been proven in my life. It's happening over and over and consistently. But still, I was allowing doubt and fear to creep in sometimes, you know, when you might have a unique yeah. where you know I'm like oh and and reading her powerful no nonsense you know that she's 1800 she lived in the eight hundred so she's not giving you fluff and cupcakes it was kind of no well, that's nonsense. rare too women could barely even read in the 1800s let alone write a book well she's almost it's like, almost the 1900s I think it's okay. like 18, 1890 or, or late
0: 1800s. but, yeah, but still it late. wasn't
1: I mean they weren't going to college that's for sure but she was a minister. It, well, it's science of mind. That whole belief started by Ernest Holmes. She's part oh. of that whole probably unity church is the one that most identifies with it today. But mm. it was just so not, she was like, cannot be moved. And I was like, uh, you know what? You could really use some of this. You're, mm. starting, you're doing a little wobble over here. Mm-hmm. So it was really just, it was like, reading about her writing it in because i had completed a master's program part of this program was you had to do with them the whole the whole thing undergrad masters and doctorate mm. so i had just completed my master's thesis for that and it was all about the manifestation process and now i'm doing the dissertation about the heart and i was like hey this woman isn't kidding. You know, she's not just <laughs> labbing on, she's living her life this way and proving it over and over. And she'll say things like prove God, put him to the test, you know, <laughs> <laughs> live like you expect to get your prayers answered. I was like, okay, maybe I should be a little more forthright in, in less lackadaisical in my Of course it's going to, you know, and that really got me in that mindset of certainty. Mm. So that was a, that was a big boost. Wow. But I find all of those late 1800, early 1900 authors to be really fabulous. It's her, it's Ernest Holmes, Charles Fillmore. They're all in that same uh, time period.
0: And they were Yeah, they were in like a mercurial uh, energy, whatever time period that is.
1: Well, I think they were also, they were breaking away from God as a harsh, cruel taskmaster. Mm. So they were like, you know, they were going to prove Mm -hmm. that God was capable of doing all these things Mm -hmm. and that he wasn't out to punish you. So they were like, as much as it's what the other side was, you have to be obedient to God, right? They were God is love, and we're gonna prove it by showing you what can happen. So it's interesting because they are just as militant as this group, only <laughs> they're militant for love, and this group is militant for
0: Obedience. To,
1: yeah, shut up and be obedient. <laughs> <laughs> fascinating. Um, interesting
0: there then they're the rebels or the game changers that's beautiful yes,
1: yes. Mm. and created this whole forward motion and really mm. bridges into the Aquarian age because I see an age that we just left of course had to set the stage Jesus as the original way shower we had to have others continue to set the stage so we could get into this more free-flowing space that we have entered in Where we can actually ascend instead of just trying to move through the murky veil, trying to access this presence that is so easy for us to access now. Mm -hmm. You know, we forget how tough it was to, to really be one, really feel that presence. I'm going back now 40 years and I'm, I don't remember ever lighting up with the energy of the Christ the way I do now without any effort. It was a long meditation and you, know, you kind of hope that you got information and very few people could really penetrate that veil vale. mm-hmm. and now it's just feels like the minute you align yourself with it it's there yeah so that it's watery so flow
0: mm-hmm. yes
1: so yes. much easier yes
0: beautiful last question is what's your favorite nature spot
1: oh we have so many fabulous parks here that's one of the beautiful perks of living in california is mm-hmm. weather that allows you to be outside all year round. And then so many fabulous parks that you can get to. In walking distance, I have two small parks. And in driving distance, I have a gigantic park. So I think that's my favorite thing is just to always be so close to a park. And really, when I walk in the morning, I don't often don't have the time to go to the park because that would That's a walk all in itself. Mm -hmm. So I'll just walk around my neighborhood for about an hour. And I love the fact that everyone has flowers growing and trees. And my daughter is in school in San Diego and said, you know, that's the thing that I love the most about L.A. that we don't have in San Diego is there is so much attention to preserving the trees and the mm. flowers that have been growing for years and years and years. So you might get a hundred year old tree. It's not plow it down and plant something new. Mm-hmm. It's work around this, this structure, <laughs> this, this, this giant monument. sequoia in yes. the middle of the front yard, <laughs> this monument that has been alive longer than you have. Yeah, and that's cool. it, it, it is very, um, very fun to have to see that strength repeated over and over and Mm -hmm. over again in the natural kingdom yeah
0: trees are strength trees are wisdom and strength i love being among trees
1: yes and absolutely everybody has flowers so i just spend my whole walk smelling everybody's flowers (laughs) that's so nice and you have beautiful flowers right next to you <laughs> that's uh, my gift to myself is oh what are our flowers gonna be this week oh we gotta that's have so flowers. Nice.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh this has been such an amazing conversation it's so beautiful i appreciate you for being here Marsha. where can
1: people find you oh please join us i'm actually getting ready to do a meditation a guided meditation That is going to be my free gift to all of my email subscribers, and that is Awakening the Heart. So Jesus just gave me this idea, and I have not had a chance to sit down and and record it, but it will be done by the end of the week, and I'm going to be giving it to everyone who signs up. So that website address is mm, Marsha Martin, mm, heart healer dot com so mmhearthealer.com sign up for the newsletter which I share angel adventures I share a weekly inspiration you get invited to whatever I've got going on and it's just an opportunity to learn more to be gathered into my heart and into my world which is sharing the angels It's beautiful. I love it. Absolutely.
0: We'll put that link to uh, your website in the show notes. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. We appreciate you. And remember to keep your unique light
1: shining. Please do. That's such a lovely thing to say.
0: If you enjoyed this conversation as much as we did, please take a screenshot of this tag at the thriving intuitive and post it onto your social media feeds we appreciate you so much and can't wait for the next episode